Pop quiz, hotshot. You live in Nigeria. Would you rather memorize the Koran or be a boxer who makes money kidnapping people? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So I just finished watching uh, the last episode in this uh, trip to Nigeria. So it's a YouTube channel called Indigo Traveler. He does like five videos of going around Nigeria. And in his last one, he goes to the north. Um, I think it's more northeast. It's a city called Kano. It's like nine million people. Tons of people. But the north slash northeast, that's where Nigeria has a lot of Muslims. Like uh, Nigeria has, whatever, Christians and Muslims. And who knows, probably some animist stuff too. But uh, the Muslim section of the country is pretty famous for being hardcore. Um, like, you know, like Nigeria doesn't get into the news too much, but uh, usually when it does is that, uh, like, Muslim army people, jihadists, whatever you want to call them, will go raid a, uh, like, you know, middle school or high school full of girls, a girls only, middle school or high school, and then just grab all the girls and take them away. But so, Indigo Traveler, he's a, uh, he's about 30, he's like a 30-year-old white man from New Zealand, tall, relatively handsome, white, which makes him stand out in Nigeria, and he likes to go to crazy countries, I mean, he goes to Yemen, Iraq, Libya, etc., and whatever, he's like, a, he's super good at traveling, I mean, he makes his money, I think, uh, making YouTube videos about traveling, so he's just, you know, he's just, he's like the Michael Jordan of traveling, or one of many, uh, amazing people at traveling and so when he goes to these countries you know it's like you don't just go to this country and whatever sightsee it's not like going to uh, Italy and you just go from little restaurant to little restaurant so you know he always gets himself a local guide who knows what the hell they're doing and can speak all the local languages and so he's able to get through you know he's able to go places that you would never want to go without your you know by yourself but if you've got a guide if you don't have any women with you uh, and you got a guide you can go to these places so one interesting thing he does is he goes and looks at like a Quran school you know like the Muslim holy book and this is like it's in a big city um it doesn't look like a school it's basically just uh cinder block it's like cinder you know the buildings are made out of cinder block but you know if i say a cinder block building now you're thinking of something big like a big school no it's just uh i don't know they got like a couple of rooms they're cinder block rooms and uh he's asking like how many kids sleep in this room and it's like oh 20 you know like a little room but apparently so, so it's a boy it's boys only it's a quran school uh i guess people you know, like the little, I mean, I don't, you know, this is the big city, the relatively big city, even though these people ain't rich. It's ain't like in New York, you know, you go to Manhattan, you throw a stone, you're hitting a rich person. But not in Kano. But basically, being, you know, what kind of person is poorer than a beggar in Kano? And the answer is, the people who live out in, I mean, he didn't go to these things, like little villages, you know, I mean, just whatever. If you're like in a little Muslim village in a, whatever, in BFE, Nigeria, that's even poorer. So that's where these these boys these boys come from. They're all I don't know. The boys are probably like six to twelve. I didn't see much older than that. 
So maybe it's like an elementary school, I guess. But so just these super duper poor parents somewhere out, you know, I don't know what they're doing, farming or whatever, illiterate. Basically, they're they kind of, you know, illiterate villages in the middle of nowhere. They send their boys to this uh, Muslim Quran school in the city. And then they just, they have like these kind of, it's not exactly like a little chalkboard, like a little personal handheld chalkboard, but it's basically like, it's the same idea. It's like the same idea as a little personal handheld chalkboard. And these boys, I think each one of them gets a chalkboard maybe. I mean, I mean, you know, I guess so. I mean, you know, is it too expensive to spend money on one chalkboard per student as the only item plus a pencil in your entire school? I don't know if you heard that alarm, but sorry, I'm cooking bacon. Anyways, so basically there's just like, you get one room. There's no, there's no school rooms. There's just a room, I think, where you sleep. And then I guess you go outside for the school. And every kid has some sort of little chalkboard looking thing. It's kind of like a whiteboard. I don't know what it is. It kind of has like maybe, I mean, I don't know if it's like made out of bone or what. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's a pretty cool thing. Like, you know, I would buy one. If I saw one at a garage sale for $10, I would buy it because it's like, wow, this is like some real African stuff here. It's not made in China. And maybe they pass down these little chalkboard, whiteboard things for, who knows, generations, maybe 30 years old, 50 years old. I don't even know. But anyways, this school, what do they teach at this school? Well, they teach the Quran. And the guy, you know, he asks, do they teach anything else? No, they don't teach anything other than the Quran. but you're not going to be illiterate. You're not going to know English either. Nigeria's first language is English, but uh, I guess not the Muslim part. I guess Arabic? I don't know. Whatever it is. Whatever the Quran is in, that's what they do there. But here's the point. So, you know, what do you do in the school? Well, they write down a part of the Quran on their board. And it's like, they can fit a lot of it in there. I would say probably, maybe, it's multiple pages. You know, maybe three, four, five pages worth of Sanskrit, if that's what it is, on this board. And then they have to memorize what's on this little uh, chalkboard. And when the teacher says, you have memorized it correctly, then they get to wash it. They don't say erase it. They get to wash it off and write the next part of the Quran. So, you know, I don't think they remember, you know, you can't probably go up to them 10 years later and say, what was on the 37th page of the Quran? And they'll tell you right off the bat. But anyways, they do memorize every bit of the Quran, even if they probably forget every bit of it also. And then, you know, what do they do when they're not memorizing the Quran? I mean, because they got no money. I don't think, you know, it's not like their rich parents from the jungle send them, you know, send them money every week. So they go and beg, they go out into, they go out into the streets and into the traffic and beg. And I don't know, I guess I could, I could theorize some here, but I think you kind of get the idea. It's just like, you know, how well prepared are these boys for the future? I mean, probably not really well prepared, but I guess if you're going to be, you know, so they don't know math, like they don't know math one lick, but it could be that they don't know reading or writing one lick. So they're, you know, they're, they're a step above that. I guess what's the point? Um, like if, you know, like I, you know, I've said before, basically there's nothing more dangerous than like a 18-year-old man, super high on testosterone, with absolutely nothing constructive to do. So if learning the Quran, you know, makes them, uh, 
whatever, good citizens, uh, nice to their wives, you know, take care of their kids, then that's awesome. I, mean, I don't think it really helps them get a job. I mean, it probably doesn't hurt. It probably, I mean, you know, it ain't going to be a good job. They're not going to go off and be computer programmers, but being completely and utterly illiterate is probably worse than uh, what they're getting. So, anyways, hopefully those kids do good. And the other thing he does in the episodes, he goes to the school, and then he, uh, he goes to a boxing match. It's not, it ain't like American boxing, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like MMA, mixed martial arts, kind of like boxing. And it was kind of interesting because there's two teams. There's two teams, I'm just going to call them boxers, even though they don't look like boxers at all. And the arena, it looks more like a rodeo arena, and there's not a lot of, the crowd is not huge. You know, this isn't like a, the movie Rocky, where there's a couple boxers in a ring and a giant stadium, and the crowd is full. It's like, no, like everything's, you know, everything's dirt. There's no concrete. Everything's dirt. And they got this certain kind of Nigerian boxing that allows you to kick and whatnot. And instead of boxing gloves, they uh, wrap their hands in rope. And apparently, in the past, they used to put um, broken glass in the rope that they wrap around their hands. But they're trying to get more... Whatever. They want to... The boxers, you know, they, they would like to go on some international stage. You know, maybe go into the UFC and make money. So, they've taken away the broken glass... But the funny thing was, so there was two teams. I, I I guess it's the same way every time at this place. But anyways, you had the butchers and the fishers. So basically, the people who deal with cows and the people who go fishing. And, you know, guess. I want you to guess right now. Who is tougher, the butchers or the fishers? Well, long story short, it was. You have to, you have to guess. I want you to have guessed already because I guessed wrong. Anyways, the answer is the fishers. They kicked the butchers' asses. And so this, this Indigo Traveler guy, um, they go to this place, you know, and he's got his companion who takes him there. And his companion, like, takes him there, they see it, and then his companion gets him the hell out of there, too. And his companion is talking about it. His companion went to one of the, it's a black guy, Nigerian guy, who went to one of those schools that took him 12 years to memorize the whole Koran. So it's basically like K through 12. But anyways, I guess all the girls at this boxing match are prostitutes. There's a whole bunch of, like, police and military people there because I guess the situation is known for getting out of hand. And then the boxers are also, like, criminals who are known for kidnapping people. But they got out of there, and it was interesting. Well, I think that's enough about Nigeria for now. So, uh, Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, and thanks for listening. This is the Anti-Woke Podcast. I want to get a little politically incorrect here. Like, have you ever noticed how pit bulls, the dogs, are like just super muscular? Like, I've known people who own pit bulls, and the pit bull just stays in the house, you know? It stays in the house all day long. These people are bad owners. They never take the dog for a walk. The dog lives in the house for years and years. It becomes an old dog. And yet, the entire time, the dog is super muscular. Now, I got no proof, but I bet that's related to doggy testosterone. Or, you know, they may have the exact same kind of testosterone as humans, in which case, just testosterone. And, like, I have a buddy, he, he, uh, he used to live in New York, he's Italian, and, like, you know, back when we were, like, 25, 30 years old, he looked like a shaved gorilla. If he took off his shirt, it was like a shaved gorilla. 
except that he was actually super hairy. But I don't ever think, you know, I don't think he ever worked out. He just, I mean, you know, God, God bless him. The opposite of me. God bless all these people who don't do a dang thing and are just incredibly muscular and rock. And I think it's based on testosterone. And I have some other friends that are kind of like that. Like Eastern Europeans sometimes. I know, I know a guy, he's like Eastern European. He used to play college football and he was on the line. And his neck is just ridiculous. And uh, I'm sure he worked out when he played football. When I, but when I knew him, he didn't work out at all. And he was still just a, you know, he was built like a fire hydrant. If the fire hydrant was six feet tall and weighed, you know, 230 pounds or something. But anyways, in Nigeria, they're also kind of naturally muscular. Obviously, this is not every single one of them or nothing. But that's what kind of makes me wonder about, uh, you know, teaching the Koran makes people into good citizens or not. Because a lot of those kids, when they grow up, they're just going to be hulking <laughs> masculine men. Way more masculine than I would ever could have been. So whatever. I think I've said what I want to say. There's some sort of uh, idea in there that I have not articulated. And uh, I will let you try and figure it out. I wish the best for everyone around the world, of course. But I am scared of people who are incredibly muscular without doing a damn thing about it. Or to achieve it. Yeah, I guess I'll say. So, my Italian buddy, my Eastern European friends, they're all super nice guys that I love hanging out with. But they do all have a history of getting in fights when they were younger. Ah, whatever. I guess I said it twice, but thanks for listening.